This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're listening to another ambitious EntrepreneurNetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 260 brought to you by Podcasting With Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says... You want to be an entrepreneur? Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And joining me on today's show is Jemima Ashley. Jemima is one of Australia's leading entrepreneurs, having built three successful businesses from scratch. She is a highly sought after business consultant, a mentor and speaker, and she's going to be releasing her very first book, Position Me, in 2018. Now on today's show, Jemima is going to share how to prevent yourself from being part of the 95% of business owners who fail in business every 12 months. You want to be aware of what you need to have in place and what you might be doing wrong. She's going to talk about how to position yourself as an expert in your chosen industry, as well as how authenticity can build your business. So welcome to the show, Jemima. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. You are so very welcome. So just share with us, because I, I, I was on your profile on, on Facebook and you were originally uh, working for the government. So you were a, a corporate in, in the government space or working for the government, public service. And now, 2018, you're flying across the, the world, the globe, I was going to say country, but actually the world to, mm -hmm. uh, to speak. What, what time span has that been? Uh, that is two and a half years. Yeah, amazing. And you know, yeah, it's quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, it has. And so obviously, the things that you're going to be sharing uh, today are very much the steps that you took. You know, so many people start their own business with the dream of being their own boss, working their own hours. You know, choosing uh -huh. who they want to work with, and then they realise, oh, it's actually going to take some some dedication, some hard work, and a lot of resilience. And I love the way that we've introduced. Uh, the show with one of your statements, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so often many of us don't like that. So share, what are some of the greatest insights that you've learned along the way uh, as far as maybe mindset shifts? Because I think mindset's really important and underpins everything because you can have the right systems, the right steps. You could say, Jemima, this is what you need to do, one, two, three, and four. Yet if we don't have the right mindset, we're still going to struggle, yes? Yeah, mindset is fundamentally kind of um, at the crux of everything in business and entrepreneurship. Yes. I think we we uh, we underestimate how much this impacts what we have the capability of doing. So one of the key things for me very early on was I felt like for a lot of the time, so I'm a public servant and not not just a public servant, I have three university degrees, a master's, three languages, had a very high-end wow. job. 
and then turned around one day I'm like I'm gonna start a jewelry business this is my first baby I'm gonna give this a go and everyone's like are you all right and it's a valid question I mean it's a big jump right yes and now you know two and a half years later um things seem to have worked out pretty well in my favor so the big thing that kind of really that I realized really early on was I was only ever going to be limited but what I thought could occur mm-hmm so, and it really became very early on in the process of leaving a six-figure salary job and um, deciding I'm going to, you know, make jewellery and then we'll subsequently become up another podcast and then it will become, you know, working as a business mentor, coach and a speaker now and yeah. having finished my first book. It really was making the decision to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just acknowledging that just because people wanted me to do something mm. and acknowledging I wanted more wasn't a bad thing. Mm. I fundamentally believe that success is a choice, particularly in entrepreneurship. Yes. We make the choice on yeah. how much work we're going to do. Yeah. So do you find that many people may have an intention, but they really haven't solidified that? So in other words, you were really committed. You thought, this is what I want to do. And you jumped in with both feet, no matter what. Because sometimes what we do is we we try and keep our feet in both both kind of on both sides of the fence, if you will, and then something goes a little bit hard or there's a challenge, we go, mm, maybe this is not for me. Is that one of the key things that you see a lot happens in, in the entrepreneur world? I think there's a few sort of things. One is I think we underestimate how difficult it's going to be. Mm. Um, and I think we, you know, with the days of Facebook and Instagram and these things now, it's very easy for it to look very pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is I've just, as you sort of touched earlier about flying across the globe, I've just done a speaking tour of the US. Now, if you check my Instagram, there's some beautiful photos yeah. of me traveling. If you check my stories, it's another, it's another, it's another event. Yeah. It's trying to sleep on a plane. It's feeling horrible and feeling jet lag. It's yeah. the conversation we had earlier, like yeah. about, you know, have my body clock all being out. This is the reality. Mm-hmm. And because there is such a low in buy-in for entrepreneurship and anyone can really do it, mm-hmm. people only half commit to it because we don't realize what is really going to take. Yeah. I think the next thing that really needs to be kind, that really needs to be identified is you have to make a choice mm. of what you want. And and we see this all the time with entrepreneurs and particularly women. We don't ever want to admit what we really want. Mm. It doesn't sound good to other people to say, I want to write a book and I want it to be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. I worked with an actor and it took him a long time to acknowledge he didn't want to work on Neighbours. He wanted to win an Academy Award. Mm. When we admit and say these things out loud and making the decision, you know, that it's not just what we want, it's actually what we have to have. Yes, it's part of who we, it's our dream. It's, 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 it's really tied to what we would say is success and significance. However, I think what's been something that's become apparent to me is that not to let what's happening impact your level of self-worth. Yeah, you're going to fail. Yes, you're going to launch things and it's going to flop. And I have a saying, and I've shared this many times on a podcast, what is worse than launching a program and having no no one register for it and that is one person registering for it because it means you have to run it and you know with the same amount of energy and then showing up but I tell you what that one person will become three will become ten will and so on and so forth if you stick around and you just build that muscle of uh, resilience and commitment so we talked about a figure of 95% and that is really high of business owners who fail business every 12 months you've talked about commitment being so important you talk about intention 
What are some other things that you, when you look back to your business, maybe some practical things that you put into place that you can see have been those core foundations upon which you know, you've really elevated your, um, your influence and your reputation as a go-to you know, influencer in your field? What were some of the things that you did that enables you to really position yourself in that way? There, fundamentally at the moment, all I do is do positioning and this is what yeah. I work with my clients on doing is, and the two things, these are my two biggest tips and tricks that I have, um, is one, you have to acknowledge that the, this idea of one is greater than zero. Mm. So this concept is very closely linked to any opportunity is a good opportunity. Mm. So if you get an opportunity to be interviewed, if you get an opportunity to speak to somebody, if you get a, you know, an opportunity to be on a sales call, if you have the opportunity to write a blog, to attend a networking event, you go. Mm. Because fundamentally, everything changes. Our, our network is ultimately always going to be our network. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we often see um, entrepreneurs and Business owners reject, you know, I don't, I don't want to write a blog for that blog because they only have 2,000 people. That's still 2,000 people. Yes. I don't care about your, your sort of breadth. I care about your, like, depth. How, how, if you've got 100 people who you turn around and say buy this product and every time 100 people do it, I would take yeah. that every day than a person with a database of 10,000 people. Yes who I mean, have very low engagement. Yeah, you're really speaking my language, singing to the choir, because I'm of the same um, mindset. I mean, often we hear about the vanity numbers, you know, millions yeah. of this and millions of that. And as you say, I would rather have 100 people who are so engaged that anytime someone says you need to go and get this, those 100 people are are running rather than sometimes having millions and no one's doing anything and you can't leverage that. And I think that's so important. I think also too, as businesses, if we can develop relationships with the one and we really can validate that what we're sharing is a value and really generating great results for our clients, that means that we can continue to roll that out to the next person and the next. Because how often do we want to launch something and have 150 people in into that program or, or how many people buying our products when we really haven't started to build that momentum yet? Do you often see that being an issue too? And then we give up before we've actually built that momentum. I think we make the mistake of believing that failure that success that failure is something to be avoided mm. failure is simply just part of the process of success yes. and they are they are married mm. if you if you are coming into this like i'm never going to fail i'm going to be perfect i'm going to get this right the first time this is why we have such huge failure rates because mm. we fail to recognize as people that we are flawed the ideas and you know if you look at how many times was it something like 400 times that the light bulb didn't work for thomas edison mm. he didn't go oh, no, this isn't for me anymore. Yeah. And bringing it back to something a bit more relatable, um, for any of the people out there who have children, how many times did your kids try to walk before they took their first couple of steps? At no yeah. point did they decide, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Mm. Yeah, they that's kept right. They trying kept persevering. And it's a really basic thing, but mm. success and um, success and failure are just part of the process. You'll have wins, you'll have losses. It's it's just actually part of the game. Yeah. The only other thing I would really say here, and just to finish, wrap up our last point, was the only other massive practical tip I can give um, is that you have to be in the room. Mm. So we see, I see many people who will say things like, networking is a waste of time. Mm. And 
this is honestly probably the number one tip I can give people is you need to be in every room that you can get into. Yes. Stop transactional thinking. Stop walking into the room and trying to sell your thing. Mm. No one's no one's going to buy part of it. Please recognize that every single person that you have a conversation with is connected to at a minimum 700 other people. Mm. And if you can be in the room and be known and liked and trusted by that room, they will become your, you know, your friends and then yes. ultimately your advocates and your allies. Being in the room has changed my business. Taking mm. opportunities, using this one is greater than zero. Would you like to come to this conference in Sydney? Yes. Is it easier for me to say no? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it safer for me to spend my time at home on the couch in my sweatpants? Hands down, like much easier than yes. getting, you know, having to manage hair and makeup as a woman, put pants on, mm-hmm. go to Sydney and attend a conference for a couple of days. But that's how I met the people that changed everything. Mm-hmm. That's how I met people who were equal to what I wanted to do. And that's led me to things like being able to hug Gary Vaynerchuk to you know meeting Mia Friedman and having a 20-minute discussion with her being an impact partner for thank you mm. um I was sitting next to someone who took a a um a zoom call uh sorry a FaceTime call with Tony Robbins yeah while he was in Australia mm. being in the room gives you every opportunity yeah and I think so often we make excuses don't we or for some women too I you know networking particularly if they're introverts can be something that's quite scary what what have you learned uh and, and really in you know, implemented when it comes to networking. I was just having a conversation earlier today with Beck Brideson about, uh, and Ashar Moore, uh, about networking. And so often as women, we go to these networking events and then we stand around the corners of the room uh, and we don't really get out there and, and communicate to people. So what were some of the things that you did? Maybe it's something that, do, you know, you do quite naturally, maybe not. But what do you see that women should do more of in their business to really leverage and build these strong networks? So I think the big thing is to really recognize why you're in the room. Yeah. So yes, it is there to build your business profile, but it is more importantly there to build a profile for you. Mm-hmm. So, and that's relation, that's where relationships are won is in those meetings. So when you arrive into a room, there's, you would think I wouldn't have to say this, walk in before you get in there, make sure that you do a hair and a makeup check, mm-hmm. just get yourself checked because and it's not vanity because if you have lipstick on your teeth it's distracting from what you're saying yes it is really simple but it's uh it's a really it's a really nice hat because then you know how you look you're good you don't have to feel self-conscious about it the next thing is when you go in and have a conversation don't go in and just introduce yourself everyone feels as nervous as you do walking Mm. into a networking event hello hey going my name's Jemima Mm. shake hands some people will choose to hug and kiss that's that's a jam go for gold but it really does become just being friendly, mm. asking questions, and do not try to sell to any person in the room. Let people know what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't try to pitch your product. Don't try to put pitch your program. Get to know people. You're in the room to make friends. Mm. Those friends ultimately will become your, you know, to become your allies. And become, you know, your your war buddies in yeah. this really difficult life of business. Yeah, absolutely. So, so very important. And as you, you've um, confirmed, through going to events, through having, um, you know, yeses or saying yeses to those opportunities, yeah. you've been able to meet some of those key stakeholders who, through that relationship building, has really allowed you to, to leverage that and continue to, to grow uh, your, your influence in your field. What are some things then when we're thinking about positioning yourself as an expert in your chosen industry that you see maybe is lacking that people are not doing and therefore it's taking them way, way longer, if not 
tarnishing their brands because sometimes you see people out there getting a lot of content out there but when you look at it it actually is tarnishing and not enhancing yeah Yeah, it's so interesting to watch from an external perspective when people are like i don't know why this isn't working Mm. um so the one thing that is really really basic when it comes down to positioning yourself as the expert is one you have to know what you're talking about Mm. and it is I can tell you now, I am not good with SEO. Mm. Do I know it's the important part? Absolutely. Which is why I have people who are good at SEO around me. So when my clients need that, I know where to send them. Yeah. Don't pretend to know and don't answer questions that you don't know about. If we were doing an interview now and you asked me about the value of Bitcoin, don't really have any thoughts on that actually. (laughs) And Marie, thanks for the thought. Don't pretend to know Mm. things. Mm -hmm. Very obvious if you are kind of winging a discussion about things. Um, The second thing I would say is that we often see people coming from a point of trying to make the sale early Mm. rather than giving value and then having a product at the end of it. So I have always subscribed to this idea of helpful marketing. Mm. This works in two ways. I have no expectation that anyone will ever buy anything from me whatsoever. But what I want to do is my why, 95% of people are failing in business. Mm. This is not a great statistic. And the the statistic for women is actually 97%. We're failing at a higher rate of men, twice the rate. So I want to provide tools, tips, tricks for women. Mm. And so I'm not asking you to do anything. So when I, you know, I'm giving you helpful content, I'm, you know, and I'm just providing value for the sake of providing value because of my core belief rather than buy my product because it's expensive and I need to make my mortgage. Mm. The other thing that we do is we don't celebrate our successes. So people, you know, you might be pumping out content and you might be having wins. We've just gotten to this process of I do a video on Monday for the sake of doing a video Mm -hmm. or I'm, just going to post a photo of my coffee it's not relevant it's not helpful Mm. also um and also it's not really documenting our journey and that i think has become this authenticity this huge draw card is we need to start recognizing that we can't be sold to anymore Mm. yeah internet marketers amazing people have kind of ruined it the big thing that we can do though is document our journey celebrate our wins online not be and we often get scared of this, particularly as women, because we don't want to be seen as being full of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't want the tall poppy syndrome to kick in. This is about documenting your journey and your process and what you're up to yeah. and letting people know. Because if you are doing, if you're good at your job and you know what you're doing and you're doing it every day, you posting these things immediately makes you the expert. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we often you know, communicate about or, or speak about, I should say, on the podcast when we're talking about, say, tall poppy and so forth. Sometimes, yeah. you know, when we are sharing that, it does give people um, almost like you're modeling to them that it's possible for them as well. And yes, sadly, you're going to get people that come out of the woodwork that will say, you know, possibly say things. But you know, one of the greatest lessons I've learned from one of my mentors over the years is that's not on you. You do not need to own that. That's actually a real solid reflection on where they are at in their business one of the things that i'm sure you'll notice and you get a lot of people in your face with their comments and their opinions and things like that you've really got to also learn to be able to switch that off too because if you take that all in 
it really can have you, you know, kind of run and, and hide in the corner, if you will, and not really get out there and continue to share, you know, your message to impact, you know, your ideal clients. So what sort of advice do you give for people who, around, you know, being able to, to um, protect yourself from a lot of that conversation that you're going to start to, to recognize once you do get out there and build that influence? Yeah, so there's a few there's a few different elements to this. And I'll use myself as an example here. When I said I'm leaving law enforcement and I'm going to go and do this thing, people checked in to make sure I was okay. Like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the right move, guys. And look, in hindsight, I understand why they were a bit concerned. I get that. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. The thing is, it wasn't about me. They were scared for me. It didn't matter how I felt. And then I found myself justifying my decisions a lot. So you let, and I, my beautiful friend Andy, and I wrote a whole chapter on this in my book because, and a, and a formal apology to him mm. um, because he needed it. He said to me, sort of just blase over dinner, says, so you worked in law enforcement? I was like, yes. So then he started a jewelry business. Yes. You started a podcast. Now you're like speaking and stuff. Explain that to me. No, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm out. Mic drop. I, I'm not doing this. And I said, no, I'm not justifying my stuff to you anymore. I'm out. Yeah. And he said to me, look, I'm just trying to understand. I was like, look, here's the thing. The longer, and the real hard truth here, the longer that you spend justifying your decisions mm-hmm. to other people, the less time you're focusing on your work. Yeah. I work with a lot of particularly women clients who have male husbands who are not really you know and they're like i'm going to prove my husband wrong and i'm fighting with him all the time i was like Mm. the only thing that you can do is work harder and to give yourself more success quicker that's the only thing that you can do so you will have people that outrightly say things to your face it's a reflection of them not about you Mm. having said that if it is of genuine concern to you I do not recommend reading the comments. Yeah. Whatever is posted about you, wherever it goes, you know, I've had some horrendous comments. Mm. I've had death threats. I've been called the magic C-bomb a multiple amount of times. This sort of mm. thing, and this was during a, um, during a campaign that we did for marriage quality here in Australia. Mm. We got a lot of hate mail. This is about the other person. It was never about me. Yes. Yes. You know, it's um, it, it, it's something to be said about how people comment. And I think, you know, often, and I think there's a term, you know, those those keyboard warriors where they feel because of digital, they're able to just blurt out in anything. And I think that's so important is not to read those comments. And we've even had some quite high profile celebrities try and engage with those people. And I think you've just got to realize that if there's such a difference and, and, and it's not even worth having a conversation and trying to justify you to, to them is just impossible. And I love the way that you've reminded us every piece of energy that you expend on trying to justify yourself and even communicate to try and turn the, the, the inside around with that hater or what, however we want to term it, is time that you're not spending focusing on those people who love and respect you and who need to hear your message. There's... um. Uh, one of my favorite sayings of all time is just this, this statement of never argue with an idiot. Mm. I'll drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Yes. And this is just the thing. If you start justifying your choices and you start making, you know, this is why I'm doing it. This is what's happening. And I'm, I'm this is why I'm doing it. Don't you understand? 
they're gonna every time out crazy you yeah. <laughs> like you cannot buy into this it's just and it's cyclical and it's dangerous and it then you know and it really does breed um what, what and what we spend you know what we spend our energy on expands mm, yeah and if you understand this and get real clear you get really really choosy in what you spend your time on yeah i don't provide room for those kind of people yeah yeah it's interesting you know as you're explaining um how you said you had one of your friends or associates uh, ask you you know these different things well now you're this and you're doing this one of the things i've come to realize and this is who i am too if i look back over the the decades that i've had different experiences we're multi we're not only entrepreneurs but we're multi-passionate entrepreneurs mm. just doing one thing day in and day out kind of um, you know, feel makes us feel stifled and we've got a diff number of different interests. But it's interesting how a lot of those experiences, and I'd love to hear what you found, when you, when you look backwards and you can kind of marry them all up, a lot of what you're doing now, you're harnessing the experiences and the, the characteristics and everything, the strength that you developed through that experience. And it just means that you've got, you know, as you said, a, a deeper, uh, much more deeper insights and wisdom to be able to offer your clients. Do you find that to be true as well in the work that you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, the skills that I learned in law enforcement and, and the skills that I learned, you know, when I first started doing, I started um, my first real trip into anything that wasn't kind of law enforcement life was taking some improv classes. And that fundamentally was where I learned how to speak on stage. Yes. And that was where I learned creativity wasn't a bad thing. I met people who were making money through creative careers. What a concept, right? Yeah. So it really is a, um, it's a, the life experiences that we have bring so much to anything that we do. And, you know, even clients of mine that I've been working with for a couple of months, you know, they'll, often people will come in and they just be like, Oh, I really want to be a health and wellness coach. And then, you know, the work that we do eight weeks later, it's like, no, I'm ready now to really mm. own the thing that I really wanted. Yes. Because I was too scared to say it earlier. Um, and even in those eight weeks, they've had this, the lessons that they've taken in that eight weeks really does change and cultivate. And I think what we need to acknowledge is that entrepreneurs work at a real lightning speed. You've mm. either got the, you've got the trade or you don't. We see people trying to come in and be like, I can learn this can't learn the game not completely yeah it really is something inherently you can get better at it you yeah. can learn some of the skills but you can't learn all of it. yeah it's, it's in the blood it's actually that's one of the things i say it's actually who you are you cannot yeah. not and often it's because in in traditional employment if you will would drive you crazy you feel stifled often you know because there's a lot of this creativity that you just can't impart within that environment that's what i see a lot even young kids they can't sit still and learn this kind of thing because they're already, you know, thinking about other things. And anyway, that that's kind of what I've been able to see, which is exciting that we're now realizing um, and slowly starting to integrate some more things to be able to nurture that in, in our youngsters as well. You mentioned already that authenticity in business is so important because we can see right through that sales pitch and, and fakeness. And I hate that saying, and thankfully we're not hearing it that often anymore, you know, fake it till you make it. Um, you know, there's nothing worse, but we can see right through it. What are some of the things that people need to embrace to allow themselves to, to be authentic in their business? And what do you see is working really well? In 2018, the big trend that we're seeing is that as soon as you are a human in business, you mm. are winning. Mm. We are seeing such a push these days to changing up, you know, 
where we buy our groceries from. We are seeing changes of where we are spending our money for Christmas bread. Mm-hmm. We are going to the mum and pop shops. We are going to the mar- handmade markets. We are not going to the big corporate chains anymore because we are now getting more of a better understanding mm. of where our money goes and where it matters. So the big advice for 2018, and I believe this will follow through at least to 2020, that as soon as we take away the, the, the I'm flawless and I'm amazing and I'm this beautiful human um, and we get really unashamedly human of who we are, yes, this makes business so much easier. Yeah. When people get up there and say things like, and how many times have we heard this? Um, I made a million dollars in six weeks. Mm. No, you didn't. (laughs) No one's done that. And if you figure out the process, please call me and correct me um, because I want to give that a whirl. Yeah. But but this is, we've been so burned by this thing, internet marketers. Internet marketers are going to come in and ruin anything. Mm. And I'm sure they're going to ruin being human in the next coming years. This is what they do. They figure out the hack and then they, they run with it, right? It's why we see, you know, email marketing used to be the go-to tool. Mm-hmm. Billboards used to be a go-to tool. If you look now at people in the cars, they're either focusing on the road and, you know, or on their device. Phone. Yeah, yeah. Like some of the drivers are looking at their phone. Yeah. Like they're not even looking at their road, let alone the billboards. Mm-hmm. We have to start acknowledging that authenticity is going to be the new thing and coming out and saying, you know, a blue $10,000 on this thing I made a mistake is way more powerful than mm. uh, six weeks to make a million dollars. Yeah. We got, we have been burned by this, this culture of, you know, this get rich quick thing, this um, we're going to, you know, I'm going to be, we see behind the curtain mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. It's done now. Yeah. So authenticity through and through. And I think, you know, moving away from creating content of beautiful laying modeling shots of you laying on the beach and oh this is what entrepreneur life is <laughs> no the photos that get the most likes on you know my instagram are the ones around the sweatpants and i'm so jet lagged i'm so tired i don't know what i was thinking trying yeah. to get up this morning and have you know oh my goodness i burnt my lasagna this real mm. behind the curtain is far more interesting yes so i'm a big believer in documenting your journey rather than creating content for the sake of content yeah, I remember years ago, you know, watching movies and you know how some movies have a snippet, just a short snippet of the behind the scenes, the bloopers and how you just candid laughing shots and things like that of the actors. I love watching those because you get a snippet, just a snapshot of a moment where you see the actual real qualities of, of that actor or actress and that's what we see, you know, when we look at behind the scenes and someone shares a little bit of an insight on some of the struggles. And I think that's because we can so relate. And it, as you said, it humanizes people. It, it makes them more approachable. And I think when you can weave that within your story and you can share it in such a way that really builds a connection, you know, at a deeper level with your ideal clients, they're going to really understand that you, they get you, you know, they get you and... Um, uh, yeah, that's what I find anyway, particularly the people that I follow and admire. I love those behind the scenes much more than um, some of the, as you say, the flashy things that are going yeah, on in the yeah. forefront. Yeah, and, you know, the, the first, the rule of sale, you have to know the person, you have to like them, you have to trust them. Yeah. If you've got someone who's laying on a yacht and, you know, really disingenuous, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I've done it really hard for 10 years and, 
it's been really ignorant and you can sit there on a yacht and they currently got like blonde bombshell girlfriend. This is really not congruent, right? Yeah. Whereas if we have these people who are like, yeah, I'm relatable to this. Mm. This is why. And I am truly, truly believe it's been a huge part of my profile growing so quickly was I told the truth. Mm. Like we, you know, tried to organize a roadshow. It fell over. We had the idea stolen. We were really honest about it. Like this is not what worked and it's heartbreaking. Mm. What was interesting about that, we did a podcast about it. And did a live video about like this has not worked. We thought this was going to work. It cost ten thousand dollars. Like how? Mm. Oh my gosh! We need a few days to kind of recover. So we had we were inundated with emails falling over. Mm. Oh man, ten thousand dollars? Are you kidding? I did five hundred thousand dollars. Like, yeah. We had, like this authenticity and this. It's okay to not be okay all the time because again, value is part of this process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, if. if, if because everyone's trying to put on this front and you know I often have to laugh I mean my kids my youngest one is now 23 my daughter and I remember when they were growing up sometimes if I would spend half an hour in the office I would go to my kitchen and I'd spend an hour and a half cleaning up the rubbish because they'd poured soy sauce all over the floor and then you see these mums and even in business with these beautiful scenes of kids that are you know all immaculately dressed and everything you think you say yeah but turn around and what what's going on behind the scenes and I think you know sometimes what you're just saying is just reminding that it's okay to share that kind of stuff of it and and it because it really connects it at such a deeper level so so very important but I think there's also and just as we end the show share a little bit because sometimes you see some people they overshare there needs to be some form of filter and and what I've learned and heard other people say is if it's going to be insightful and helpful for your audience like an insight learning encouraging great if it's a whinge well sometimes you can sort of show disappointment but you have to have some sort of filter so know that okay that's a little bit oversharing what are your thoughts on that? I think that, um, you know, when we talk about authenticity and being who you are, you can't mistake your profile and the people who, in your followers for being a counsellor. Yeah. So be very clear on that. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's one thing for me to post a photo on Instagram. Like, if you follow me at Jemima Ashley on Instagram, you'll see behind the scenes a lot more. This mm. is kind of where I share the behind the scenes stuff. So this morning I went for a run. And it's not a fun run. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a runner. Mm. I'm the kind of runner, like, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm in my 30s. I know I have to do this more. And so I took a photo and I looked like, I really only run if something's chasing me, right? Yeah. So not good at this. <laughs> this is a funny thing to share. Yeah. I don't need to be oversharing an hour-long Facebook Live of me trying to go for a run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I have bad news and disappointment, the only thing that you can really do in that situation to still be authentic and still let your people know what's happening in your world is to take the lesson out of it. Mm. So, you know, I wrote um, leaving, um, so I've just recently done a speaking tour in the US and I had an amazing opportunity to visit LA and New York. While I was in New York, New York has always been what felt like home for me. And on my last day, I found it you know, quite emotional to leave because mm. it had always been a secondary home for me. And I sort of stepped back and I was like, oh, I've got to do a video today. And it's my day, roster day to do a video. And I was like, what can I say here to give insight Mm. to one that I'm a bit sad to leave, but what can I bring to help other people? Again, bring back this helpful marketing. Mm -hmm. What can you offer to somebody else? 
me being on there being like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go back to Australia. I don't want to have to catch a plane for 17 hours. That's the least helpful thing I could possibly provide. I've just pissed off an entire yeah. Australian audience. Yeah. I've now, you know, people are going to be saying, but you've got to go. Mm. Where is the gratitude here? And I was so incredibly grateful for the opportunity. But I did have to share that, you know, going for the run is really difficult. It's mm. not a fun process. Yeah. So, you know, we have to give the peek behind the curtain, but bring, again, be helpful to your people. Why are you telling them the things that mm-hmm. are going on? Mm-hmm. Definitely be honest about things, and but bring the values. Where are the life lessons? Because otherwise, everyone's going to start subscribing. Yeah. Like oh, absolutely, life. yeah. And I think if you can tap into the uh, the conversation that's unspoken or that other people can relate to or are thinking and can resonate with, that is when you have people will, that will say, oh, my goodness, me too. You oh, know. and so many, we're seeing this a lot with um, like parenting bloggers these days. Um, and we look at things like the catering show, which yeah. is um, the, the Kates who one's allergic to everything and one's, you know, quite a foodie. And it's this beautiful kind of comedy show put on by the ABC, but it's this great, really interesting show about how authentic they're being about food and how difficult it is and having kids yeah. and trying to cook for them. We're seeing these mummy <laughs> bloggers who are blowing up by going, I, you know, I, I sent my kid to school with McDonald's today because I couldn't, I had no food in the house. And pe- people understand this because yeah. we've all been there. Mm. And social media was many things, but it has given us the ability to become more relatable and also be more honest about it. Yes. I mean, and don't be judgmental to others. Kid and been like, yeah. look, you've eaten some jam, that'll do for the day. Yeah, that's right. And I think also too, for a filter for us, if we're commenting on something, don't be judgmental. You know, every, there's lots of different, you know, attitudes and opinions and, and things like that. Sometimes you just need to, to disagree, to agree to disagree and do so respectfully. I think if everyone does that, treats others with a, a, a real decent level of respect, then... My, my big thing for women is, um, you know, and this, this goes into just, you know, women as entrepreneurs and we have to be so supportive of each other and I'm hugely... I'm a, I'm a huge um, feminist when it comes to women in business, but I really truly believe one of the biggest issues we have is each other because mm-hmm. we have this finite view of success. And that, you know, if you're successful, I can't be successful. If a million people listen to your podcast, they're not going to listen to mine. This is not true. Yeah. This is a trick that we have bought into mm-hmm. and we've all agreed that we're going to agree to it. Shut it down. Yeah. What I will say here, though, is for women, you know, and parenting, particularly business, it's all a tiptoe through a minefield. Mm. Here is the lesson you need to take away from this. Great for you, not for me. Mm. If, if if you need to breastfeed your kid till it's four, that's great. You need to do 45 startups until you get it right, great for you, not for me. I am never going to judge someone else's process mm. because it's their journey, not mine. The only control I have and the more time I spend judging someone else, the less time I'm spending on my business. Yeah, so, so true. Great, great insights for sure. We can sometimes be our own worst enemy and let's celebrate because it just means, you know, if other people are achieving things, it's possible for us as well. So let's champion and get behind some of those uh, people, such as yourself, who's really championing the way and going before, paving the way for us to, you know, for people to follow. So Jemima, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Best thing to do is head over to my website, jemimaashley.com. Heaps of free downloadables on there, good positioning tips, tricks, my top business takeaways that you can implement right now and tools 
there for you to succeed in business and in the rest of 2018 and take on 2019 as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.